0: Shall we be seated in his presence? Praise God. God is good. There is one thing we must not let go down in this house, and that's the high praises of God. I tell you, no matter what you're passing through and going through, it doesn't have to have anything to what you are passing through or going through. I want you to know that God, inhabits the praises of his people. When those who have chosen to become ease, those who have given their hearts and their lives to Christ, when they choose to praise him regardless, there are several things that you are letting take place in the realm of the spirit. I can go on on and on about what takes place spiritually, but let me just share two major ones with you. Number one, the Bible says for you, this time around, The heart will bring its increase for you some of you don't know as you are praising him right now god is organizing your promotion at work a lady still told me this thursday that you know we said this also during our our thanksgiving service or declare his praise service and she and she did praise god amen not knowing not expecting but she got her promotion at work. Praise God. The earth will bring forth its increase. So every time you are given an opportunity to praise God, don't put on that weird look. Don't put on that tired look. Shake it away. And say, it is time. It is destiny time. It is time. It's an opportunity God is given to me to do what? To bring my increase for my life. Now, not only that, that one is for you. Everybody says, that's for me. But for God. He says, you see, after service now or when you want to break in the evening, you're going to have your buffet style. You're going to have lots of food. How many people know that God doesn't eat what you eat? He doesn't eat all those salad, all those ice cream all those chocolates am i making you hungry already okay let's go all those uh, what some people call swallow praise god and so on and so forth he doesn't eat all those things what feeds him is your praise you see if god should depend on some people he will starve because you never praise him Raise up your right hand together. Of all the days of my life, I will feed my God. And what do you feed him with? With your praises. With your praises. So don't take that. Don't rob God. Don't take it away from him. He loves to see you praise. And he has showed us different ways in the scriptures. He loves it when you do it hilariously. When you are not selfish about it. He loves it when you do it with a gratitude, a grateful heart, a heart of gratitude. He loves you when you do it hilariously. He loves you when you do it in a dance. Praise God. Some people say, I don't know how to dance. Dancing is the simplest thing in life. Just shake to the left, to the right, to the left, to the right. And if you have some swag, you just shake twice. That's, that's it. to the left, to the right, it's the simplest thing, so it won't match the beat, who cares, you are just matching the beat of heaven, that's what matters, come on, give him some praise in the house, turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, don't starve God anymore, give him some praise, if time permits, after service, love to give him some praise. Did you hear that? Just keep on singing, keep on dancing, keep on shouting Hallelujah to the Lord. Oh, oh, oh. My CD will soon be out. And my wife has bought all the first copies. Just to encourage me. Hallelujah. Are you glad to be in the house of God this morning? We want to continue the message we started last week, captioned, "Manifestation of the Sons of God, Part 2. Manifestations of the Sons of God, Part 2. There is one I want you to get, especially those of us who come for the second services. Uh, you can go on Spotify to get this. I concluded that series. For the first service, it's called Faithful Manifestation. It's very important. I believe it's a masterpiece you should have. In that service, on those two services, I share the principle of how you can accelerate the promises of God, of bringing it to pass quickly, and how you can disassociate yourself from spirit of delay. That is, when you are trusting God for something, it's not coming on time. Perhaps there are one or two things wrong with the process. Uh, we talked about understanding in the previous week. And this time, we talked, I mean, just this morning, we talked about judging God faithful. That that is the key. That the promise of God is always looking for faith. When the promises find faith in place, then there is manifestation of an assurity. And we saw the life of Abraham and so on and so forth. I'm not going to. Spend time preaching that, but please do go listen to it. I know it will bless you. I believe in my spirit, there are many people who are pregnant with a lot of things to happen. And the process is being delayed. You go and figure out what you need to put in place. And it will be yours for the taking. And somebody said, amen. Praise God. Manifestations of the Sons of God, part two. In the earlier part of this message, which we preached last week, it was pointing to the fact that for us to see the level of manifestation that God desires in our life, we need to just grow up. Is grow, growing up to maturity. The Bible says in Romans chapter eight, starting from verse 19, He said the whole creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Now the word sons there, like I've repeated, explained several times, is in Greek the heels of God. H-E-O-S. The heels of God. That He's waiting for the manifestation of the matured children of God. Is the, the children of God? I mean it's the sons of God that are mature. Children are always there. Praise God. Like I said last week, children will bring joy to the parents. Always they bring joy. They bring joy. But God does not stop at uh, just having you as children. He wants you to grow, to become mature. And we say sons bring, what do sons bring to the parents? Pride. They bring pride. They are happy. The parents are bragging about their children. Why? Because they have Manifested, They have shown up in that they have grown up unto maturity. Praise God. Even God himself demonstrated that. When Jesus was born, angels went to tell the news. But when it was time to announce Jesus to the world, he said, this is my beloved son. He himself did the introduction. That's when a son has grown up unto maturity. In this season, you will grow. I said in this season, you will grow. Your spiritual growth will not be truncated in the name of Jesus. I tell you it's when you grow you begin to have fun as a child of God. When you choose to grow up unto maturity. I welcome viewers all over the world once again. I say you are welcome in the name of Jesus. Now, Jesus made an emphatic statement in John 14:21. He said, "He will manifest himself a category of people. He said he's committed to manifesting himself to them. He said it's these people who love me and these people who keep my commandments. He said I will show up for them. I pray for you one more time today that God will show up for you in every area of your life in the name of Jesus. He put it this way. He said he that hath my commandments and keeps them He is the person that loves me. God says, I'm not going to hear everybody say, I love you. I love you. He says, it's not by words. He's going to judge. He's going to judge by the relationship you have with instructions I've given you. The relationship you have with words I've spoken over you. That's what's going to determine whether you love me or not. The way you relate to instructions I've given you. The way you relate to the commandments I've given, whether commandments to you are something to be read and thrown away or something to be taken preciously, something to be guarded. He said, if you keep it, that is, if you obey it and do it, he said, I'm going to do something for you. I'm going to manifest. Everybody say manifest. I'm going to show up for you. Even in places you never dreamt nor imagined, I show up. That's what Jesus is saying. I'm praying for you one more time today that Jesus will show up for you. In every area of your life that you really really need him, he will show up in Jesus' name. I did not hear your amen. I see Jesus show up for each and every one of us on every side this month. As he's a prophetic word for everybody in royal house, I say in your home he will show up. For your spouse he will show up. For your children, he will show up. For your career, he will show up. For your business, he will show up. For projects you are laying your hands to do, he will show up. In your health, he will show up. He will show up on every side for you. If you believe that, say a good amen. Oh, also in this month, not only will God manifest himself to you, I pray for you. You yourself will manifest. I say you yourself will show up. Your destiny will come alive like never before. If you believe that, say good amen one more time. Your destiny will come alive. You will manifest destiny. Praise God. Also last week we looked into two great men. One was John the Baptist. One was Jesus. Luke 1, John the Baptist. Luke 2, 40. Jesus Christ of Nazareth. One commonality we found in their journey was that they grew. They grew. He said the child grew and was strong in the spirit. Oh, the journey of greatness requires you to grow, ladies and gentlemen. You must be an eos of God. That's what the world is waiting for. There are so many things that are vested on the inside of you when you are being released from the heart of God, from the bosom of God to the world here, God has encoded in you many great things. Many great things. But these things will not manifest. These things will not show up if we don't take a decision to grow. And this is one of the challenges we have in the body of Christ today. The body of Christ is full of babies full of babies in the nurseries that won't grow up. We choose not to grow. We just want to be spoon-fed. We want to be babysat all the time. You see people who are five years old in the Lord, they've given their lives to Christ for five years, for seven years. Ask them, who have you led to Christ? You see? Uh I led myself so people too should lead themselves. And so on and so forth. You just see people in the nursery. People cry over little things, over big things. People will not come to church because somebody did not say hello to them in the last time they came. And uh, that's enough reason to throw away the salvation or they pray to God to meet up with their rent. And rent did not show up, so therefore they have said a la vista to God. They have said bye-bye to him. Oh, that God disappointed them, and so on and so forth. They don't want to have anything to do with Christianity anymore. And you just find all these silly stories. Uh, there was a day, uh, myself and a pastor were just were saying, What is wrong now with the body? He said, So I, I told him some things that I'm not happy with. He said, Is that all? He looked at me, he said, Is that all? He said, Somebody did not come back to the church. He was pastoring because of the color of the tie he put on on his Sunday morning. I mean, all kind of superfluity of naughtiness going on. People won't grow. People just want to sit down. When they were talking about lives to be changed, destinies to be transformed, people going to hell every day to be rescued. And people still want to be babysat after how many years in being a Christian. Excuse me, he's coming for a church without spot nor wrinkle. This is serious business. He's coming for a church without spot nor wrinkle. And he's depending on you and I to engage in the ministry of reconciliation, bringing men that are lost back to God. But we cry over every little thing, we don't grow. Banner Research, that's a research institute in the United States, that do a lot of statistical study about Christianity. our Research asked a few pastors that what is their most urgent need? What is their most important need? That if today they just have a paper from God saying, just tell me what you need and it will be granted to you. They said church, mature church members. He said the work will be a lot easier If we have matured church members, about 90% of them said that. Praise God. Now, what I'm trying to tell you is this, ladies and gentlemen. For us to manifest, we need to grow. We need to make a conscious decision that we are not going to stay in the nursery anymore. We are going to put our own part to it to grow. How many people want to join me and say, okay, I want to make a fresh commitment today. I'm going to give myself to spiritual growth. Let me see your hands up. Let me see your, ah, okay, yeah, praise God. I didn't see what, (laughs) praise God. I wanted to say, oh, praise God. So the question this morning that I would like to answer in the next few minutes is how? Because I discovered that there might be so many teachings on growth through, but I want to bring it down to the practical day-to-day. What to do to keep on growing. Once you are focused like a laser beam on these four principles I will share today. I hope I can share the four. You will keep on growing. You just see that your, your path, like the scripture says, will be like a shining light that shines brighter and brighter. The intensity of your life is increasing because you have placed yourself... On a path, on a journey to grow. Praise God. And when you grow, like I said, a lot of things you don't even pray for, they will come to you. Naturally, a father is good at that. When the child keeps on pleasing the parents, the parents will do stuff. Now, those of us that are parents, you can agree with me on this that you will do things for your children that they did not even ask for. Am I correct? You do stuff for them that they did not ask for. I remember the day I made a vow also concerning my son. There was a day like that he made me so proud in his school. There were about uh, seven prizes they get. Seven seven prizes are always available for grabs. I think he grabbed six or so, or five or six out of the seven. He just stood there and... You know, you know those moments that your son, the, your son will stand there, praise God, and they'll be just calling all the prices and he doesn't have to go back to his seat. Just take it. Just take it. Just take it. Just take it. Then, then the, one of the parents tapped me at the back. Is he going to leave any for the remaining people? Praise God. Now, that day, in fact, two parents came to me and said, oh, he must have made you proud today. Oh, you see? My shoulder was like this before. But that day my shoulder, praise God, he made me proud. And that day I made a vow. I said I bought, I said I paid mortgage when I came to this country. The first house this boy will have, he doesn't need to pay mortgage. I said so to myself. Now, he didn't come to ask me for it. But that is what a father, that is what parents that are proud of their children will do. They will do things children never ask for. Even holidays, where to go on holidays, they don't have to choose. you give it to them. What I'm saying is this. When you grow up, there are benefits that will be coming your way you never thought, nor even felt, nor even required to ask before they came. It's, it's like a universal law. Praise God. You begin to attract unusual things to your life because you are just pleasing your parents or pleasing your father. The same thing we do to our heavenly father. The Bible says when the will of, the man, when the will of a man pleases the Lord, he, will, he can even make his enemies to be what? To be at peace. The enemy that has sworn that he will take you. Girl, say, hey, keep quiet. That's my son. Now, ladies in the house, I don't want you to feel bad. I've told you this sonship is not what? It's not gender related. The sonship that he's talking about is heels. He's just mature. Mature. A mature child. Praise God. Amen. So what are those things I need to do? Quickly. How do I grow to maturity? I started that last week or when I was ending the message last week. Number one, load yourself with the word of God. Get into the Word. There is no other way you can be mature. If you are still a Christian that your Bible is always on the coffee table and you pick it up on Sunday morning, you won't grow. You will mature. Nothing grows us like the word of God. You must become familiar with the word. Colossians 3.16 says, let the word of God dwell in you richly. Hebrews 4.12, he said like the word of God. He said it's quick, it's sharp, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing and thunder, every joint, soul, spirit, and marrow. The word of God is quick, it's powerful. Many people think that the word of God is slow. It's not slow, it's quick. It's quick, it's faster than any idea, any strategy you have. The word of God is quick. Can I hear you say that? The word of God is, come on, say it one more time. The word of God is quick. It's quick. And it, and it brings asunder every joint soul, spirit, amarrow. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Psalm 119 says, how will a man keep himself pure? He said by taking heed to the word of God and putting it in your heart. He says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I will not sin against it. Sin against you. That means the word of God is a purifier. The word of God keeps you away from habits that you shouldn't be involved in. Keeps you away from stuff that you shouldn't be involved in. Keeps you away from bad habits. Keep you away from bad friends. Keep you away from bad behavior, bad character. The Word of God is the only instrumentality of God that can change that. That's why you must be very familiar with the Word of God. Titus 2, 11 and 12 says, The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared unto all men. Verse 12, teaching us to deny every ungodliness, teaching us to live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present evil world. The Word of God does not only teach us how to be saved, it teaches us how to live as saved people. So your relationship with the Word of God must become priority. It must be like necessary food. You eat breakfast, you eat lunch, you eat dinner. You can start a habit of before you eat your lunch, read the Word. Before you eat your breakfast, read the Word. Before you take dinner, eat the Word. Make it your daily meal. Are you listening to me? Be constant, be consistent about it. Have a plan concerning the Word of God. I've got to tell you about four plans you need. You need a reading plan. What do I call it? Reading plan. It makes you familiarize yourself with the word of God. You start with the word by reading. Read voraciously. Read the word of God consistently and constantly. Read it in the morning. If you are a morning person, it's good to read the word of God in the morning. I recommend it in the morning. If you are a coffee person, you like coffee and all that. Yes, let it be your new coffee. Amen? But if you are a sleepy person in the morning, don't win sleeping competition over the Word of God. Amen? What I'm trying to say is that don't read in the morning. Try and read late in the night. For you to not be a morning person, you must be a night crawler. So get into the Word of God in the night. Propose how many chapters you want to read every day. Three chapters a day. You will read the Word of God from cover to cover from January till about November. Before November starts you would have, or by November you would have finished reading the word of God from cover to cover. The 66 books of the Bible, if you take three chapters every day. If you take five chapters every day, you will read the Bible from cover to cover twice every year, twice. You'll be familiar with the word of God. There's nothing the Holy Spirit will bring your way that will say, ah, I've heard this word before. I've had it before. Then before you know it, the Holy Spirit will guide you to where it is. The word of God. Read. Start with reading. Where do you start? Reading. So have a reading plan. The second thing is have a study plan. You are not just to read the word. You are to study the word of God. Praise God. There are different Bibles I didn't bring my Bibles today in another subject, in another teaching. I will will teach you how to study. But this is just the surface one, how to study the Bible. Amen. I didn't go to Bible school, praise God. But I'm telling you with all humility, Bible school professors come to me to teach them Bible. I learned on my own. Praise God. But I had good teachers, like you have one in the church now, that is teaching you the Word of God. And everybody that sees my own teacher of the world, you can easily know why I know the Bible that much. That's Reverend George Adiboy. Praise God. Proverbs 26, 26 says, buy the word and sell it not. There are Bibles and there are Bibles. Praise God. Some of you, the Bible you have, is it on your phone? You need a study Bible. Amen? This is the 21st century. People just... Where's your Bible? In my phone. It's convenient. <laughs> uh, you haven't started studying the scriptures. Because when you are studying the Bible on your phone, a text message will come in. Amen? And how many people know that when you, once you respond to that text, you are not studying. You have been distracted. What you told the Holy Spirit to do is hold on. Amen? You don't do that. A good Bible will have what is called reference. Let me see your Bible. Bring out your Bible student. Examination. Bring out your Bible. You see, phone is a substitute. Even while you are in church, you should be studying. You study the Bible in church. I've quoted a few scriptures today. Some you know, some you don't know. When you get home, like the Berean Christian, you should go back home and such, whether what that, what, that, uh, what that guy, I don't even know what that guy is saying, whether it's correct or not. He had some dotted, uh, he had a tie with some dots that are red today. Maybe he's falling in love with the blood of Jesus. We don't know. Okay? Now, in the middle of your Bible, what you call a study Bible is that in the middle of your Bible, it will have references. Can you see this? Eh? Camera, shoot it. Let the people online also see. It will have reference. Now, this a, it will have reference. Amen? If you don't have a study Bible like this, you have not started studying the Bible. Amen? You see, it will take you to places where other scriptures are. That's not my topic today, but I'm just giving you the hint. Have a study plan. What did I say? There are different kinds of studies. There are topical studies. You take a topic in the scriptures and study it. For example, grace is a topic. Righteousness is a topic. Hope is a topic. Character is a topic. Praise God. Then there are character studies. That is, you take the life of an individual and you study his or her life. Deborah is in the Bible. She was a woman, a warrior a leader, a prophet. What can I learn about Deborah's life? We study. Amen? Moses is there. Caleb is there. Why how did Caleb get a different spirit? The Bible talks about Caleb having a different What was in his life? How did he get the different spirit? Did he sleep and I an just visited him? Or he was doing something in his daily routine that I can pick? Jesus Christ, our perfect example. Elisha, Elijah, how did Elijah get the Elisha anointing? How did Elisha get the Elijah anointed? And so on and so forth. Those are character studies. You, but you must have a plan. You can say, in the next three months, I want to study three different people in the scriptures. Three different people that make, I want to study John the Baptist, for example. From the birth or pre-birth, when prophecies were coming on me, on the birth and after he died those are studying plans reading plan studying plan you should have a speaking and declaration plan the word of god is not only to be read it's not only to be studied it's also to be spoken praise god there are some things god has written in the bible concerning your children. He's calling for the parents to come and speak it over their lives. Not once in a yellow moon, because yellow moons don't come out. So it will be regular, consistent, speaking God's word over their lives. Because many people say things over them that is wrong, that is error. You as a parent must govern their lives by the word of God you speak over them. In the academics, you must speak the word. In their behavior they are making friends you must speak the word you know they can make friends and bad friends that will influence them to do wrong things but the word you have been speaking over their life that word will ring in their head evil communication corrupts good manners this is not the person you should be relating with that's the voice you'll be hearing that's the voice i thank god for my parents my parents did a little bit of that. I can never forget. My media brother, He must be watching us now. You know, in every family, I always say, in every family, there is always one, uh, <clears throat> you know, those uh, blessed children. But not in yours. It will never be yours. Amen? But, you know, it, it happens. when our own, You know, in our own generation, our parents didn't know much of the scriptures like we do now. So, you know, I come from a family of five siblings. He was number three, but my brother was a brother. Praise God. I'm still remembering the exploits now. Exploits. He did the exploits. Oh, glory be to God. Amen. But you see, he was always mixing with the wrong people, wrong crowd, wrong friends. Every time. But after he got saved and was converted and really became a child of God, you know what his favorite scripture is? Train up a child in the way he should go. When he's of age, he will not depart from it. He said that was, he said every time, all his friends, all of his friends, they don't smoke a, what's it called? Cigarette. Minimum, mm-hmm. you called it. That's minimum. Indian name, you call it pot here, right, pot. That was the minimum. And I'm sure they were smoking other things. The day he became a Christian, was telling me that he never smoked it once in his life. I said, you're lying. He said, all of your friends, I know them. Their eyes will be like red. If you don't know the color of red, just say, go and look at the eye of, uh, I don't want to mention their name. Amen. Their eyes are what? like like torchlight. I, I said, "You." Have, he said, "Did you never?" He said, "No." He said, "Do you know what dial? I said, "What?" He said, "Every time he's tempted, he said he just likes hanging around those boys." He said Does he doesn't know why. He just want, he just finds himself right there, and he says every time he wants to do something bad with them. he said. That scripture will just come. Train up your child in the way he should go. When he's of age, he will not. He said the most of the time, what he hears is his, his daddy's voice. When he sees something that is wrong, he's about to do it, he will just hear the voice of the father somewhere. He will just hear it. Ah! He said he'll grab himself. He said, boys, carry on, carry on. Don't worry, don't worry. Praise God. He will, he will. So what I'm saying is that Let your children know your voice. And to make it powerful in the realm of the spirit, make it the word of God. Speak, declare, speak the word of God over them consistently. That is how they will get to the place they ought to get to. Amen. And God will bless your household. Can I hear a good amen in the house? Then number four, have a meditation plan. You are not only to study the word, read the word, declare the word. You are also to meditate on the word of God. Chew the word of God consistently. That is how you memorize the word. Through meditation. You take a word. You speak it several times, again and again. You put it in your medulla oblongata. You speak it again, speak it again until the word becomes part and parcel of you. Do you understand that? Meditation. Then, when it's already in your part and parcel of you, you keep on speaking it consistently. And that word becomes yours. James 121. James 121. Put it on the screen quickly. Time is fast spent. Are you being blessed? James 1:21 Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls Lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with mix, meekness, what? The engrafted word, which is able to do what? Save your soul. One thing the word of God will do for you is help you in the area of your soul. You know, man is a triumph being, spirit, soul, and body. Your soul has a mind. Am I correct? It has a will, and it has your emotions. Your mind is where your thinking faculty is. The word of God. You see, as you are reading the Bible every morning, like I said, is affecting your thinking. Already. It is your mind, number one. Your will. Your will is your decision-making department. You will do this. You will not do that. You will do. It affects your will. What you will to do. The word of God has influence on it when you read the word of God consistently. And number three, your emotion. Your emotion is your reaction to life. Your reaction. Let your will, your mind, and your reaction or your emotion, let it be influenced by the word of God. That's why I'm saying it will affect your soul, your soul. A grafted word of God he is able to affect your soul. Praise God. You see, that's where you begin to grow. You begin to get mature. Why? You are putting the word of God into your soul. Coming from your spirit man to your soul. Praise God. Number two, in growing up, the second principle is prayer. Everybody say prayer. Number one, you let the word of God have its place. Number two is praying. Don't give yourself excuses that uh, in praying, uh, prayer, I'm not a prayer warrior. You know, those are excuses people give. I'm not called to prayer. Who told you? Who told you? The first calling of a believer is the life of prayer. Amen? Ah, but I don't know how to pray. Nobody was born with the anointing to pray. Ah, you see, my body does somehow when it comes to praying. Everybody's body does somehow when it comes to praying, because we all get tired. Oh, it's not sweet. Everybody, prayer is not that sweet. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Everybody, there's no excuse for anybody. Those that it has become sweet for is because they are doing what I'm about to share with you. You humble yourself and you learn. Is that clear? You humble yourself and you learn. Luke 18, 1. When you get home, read 18, 1 to 8. Luke 18, 1 to 8. But Jesus is speaking here from Luke 18.1. He was saying, men ought always to pray and not to faint. Another translation says, men ought always to pray and not to give up. Another one says, men ought always to pray and not to cave in. Another one says, men ought always to pray and not to lose heart. Prayer is compulsory. Now, let me not scare anybody who is already discouraged because I said prayer is compulsory. Listen to me. You learn how to pray simply. Many theologians disagree with this, but I still agree with it. You learn to pray by praying. Amen? You learn to pray how? By praying. Get prayer bodies. It's not every time you need friends who only do shopping. And that, those are your best friends. You know that. Anyway, let me not go shopping lane. Amen? Listen to me and listen very well. In the kingdom of God, there are no shortcuts. If you don't learn, I repeat the word learn, how to spend protracted time in the presence of God, you won't go far. In this kingdom, in another kingdom, there might be other ways. You must learn how to spend protracted time. Look at the Bible. There are no great people mentioned in the Bible that have not learned how to spend quality time in the presence of God. There's no one God has done any major thing with that hasn't learned how to spend time in the presence of God. Everyone God has something to do with has spent protracted time with him. Praise God. You see, Jesus is our perfect example. The Bible will say a great while before day. What happened? Jesus will go on the mountaintop. If there's anybody that didn't need to pray, it was Jesus. Who is he praying to? Praise God. He didn't need to pray. But in his human frailty, he had to pray. Listen to me, wives. I give you permission. If your husband is not a praying body, encourage him to be praying. Hello? Encourage him to be praying. And wives, don't discourage your husbands from praying. If there's anything, encourage him to pray. Don't burden him with things that you can do. And you will say, oh, he, he has to do it. And you are taking away his time in prayer. Are you listening? <laughs> okay. Church is quiet. Praise God. It means I hit the, I I really hit it very hard. Praise God. Encourage them to pray. Men are not praying anymore. Pandemic is out there. Guess what? Why is it still being delayed? Have enough prayers gone up? Oh, that's why. If enough prayer has gone up, you think you shouldn't be hanging out there. But you see, the prayer temple in every household, The Christian household is getting lower and lower. Praise God. How many men go on retreats anymore? How many? Look, January is coming. Wives, tell your husband, bring your prayer plan for the year. Let's see. So I will plan myself to know the time to give my Saturdays off for you. Because men must seek the face of God. Men must know what God is saying. Oh, I don't know whether this message is not a shouting message today. Many people are not uh, smiling a little, just smile to me, so to encourage me to preach. All right? Praise God. you got to. you got to. Seeking the face of God must be part of the plan of God for your life, part of the plans you are laying down. I used to share humorously between me and my wife. Every time we are praying for something to happen, and there seems to be a delay. All my wife would ask me is that, uh, when next are you going for that? Uh, I already know what she's saying. She encourages me every time. Go. We don't need you around the house. Just go, go, go. Go and pray. Because she knows what happens after that takes place. Things are better. Things are easier. Praise God. Not because I'm a man of God. No. I'm a man in my house before I'm a man of God. Praise God. But there's somebody who is a priest in the house. There's somebody who's a king in the house. There's somebody who's a prophet in the house. Ever before I become king prophet anywhere else, he's in my house. He starts from my house. Amen. You haven't received the word from God for your household for the year. What are you doing? Praise God. You must receive a word. You must pray. You must know what God is doing. You must know what God is saying. And the young girls that haven't yet married, look, it's not six-pack you should be looking for. I've told you several times, you can pack your life away. Look for that person who knows God and hears God. Is that clear? The guy comes, he's cute, tell him. You might be cute, I acknowledge, but you are not cute enough to have me. Until you are cute enough to hear from God, then you are very cute. Then we can continue the cute life. All right? Praise God. No cutie anywhere until he can hear from God. Praise God. Have you been blessed? It looks like today's message is a bit hard. Uh, uh, It's good for you. Praise God. The Bible will say, Great while before the Jesus, he will go and seek the face of God. Joshua in Exodus 93:11. When Moses will speak to God face to face, the Bible says, Joshua, the son of Nun, will not depart from his tabernacle. He will stay there, saying, Moses, you can speak to God face to face. But in this proximity, too, God will meet me here. You must. Be given to prayer. Are you hearing me today? Daniel in his days, the Bible says three times, he will face the east. And he will open his windows and will cry out to God. Praise God. Everybody, his prayer life wasn't a secret. He prayed at all times. To the point that when they wanted to finish him, they said, it's only this area we can use against him. Praise God. Give yourself to prayer. Is that clear? So, what are practical things I'll do? In this church, every Wednesday is intercessory night. You can join that. You might not be able to do the four Wednesdays in a month, but I can. Do, you should be able to do two out of the four. Yeah, let me join them. Let me pray. The anointing of prayer will rub on me. Get prayer bodies—people who could pray, friends who could pray. I love it in this church. There are some groups like that. Young ladies, they gather together. They pray. Amen. You should pray. Iron sharpness, iron. Praise God. Number three, applying principles of the word to every affair, everyday affair. Apply the principles of the word. Taking the authority of God's word as final authority over your life. James 1, 21 to 25. Let's quickly read that and we'll call it a day there. Being a doer of the word. Commit yourself to being a practitioner of the word of God. Christianity is all about the will of God. Nothing more, nothing less, and nothing else. Your conduct, your character must be that that becometh of Christ. 1 Timothy 3.15 says the house of God is the House and pillar of truth. But before I come, give attendance to reading that you may know how you ought to behave yourself in the house of God. The ground and pillar of truth. Everything you learn in God's word is not just for learning. It's for you to put in practice. Am I talking to somebody? Your conduct and your character should show that you are a child of God. They should be able to see Christ in you every time you stand. Christ must be evident. Christ must be seen. James 1 21. Are you there? I gave you time to put it on. Yeah. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. We receive with weakness the engrafted word which is able to save our souls. Verse 22. We are going to 25. But be ye doers of the word and not hear us only deceiving your own selves. You see it says be ye doers. Go on. For if any be a hearer of the word and not are you good now For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass Yes For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgets what manner of person he was. Verse 25. But whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. The word of God is explicitly clear there. That one thing that will happen to somebody who takes the word of God to rule his conduct and character, he will be blessed in all his deeds. That is one of the ways to grow. Allowing the word of God to rule your life. That yes, I might feel this is the right thing, but the word of God says it's wrong. I submit to the word of God. Do You know, that's one of the challenges we have in the body of Christ today. People don't submit to the word. And they have a popular phrase for keeping that in check. They'll say, let's leave the word of God aside. Have you heard that before? Let's leave the word of God aside. Since when did we start leaving the word of God aside? I thought His word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. I thought the word of God is everything, but I said, "Mm, let's leave the word of God. Let's leave Christianity out of this. "Ah, I thought your life is all about Christianity. I said, let's leave Christianity out of this. And you want to apply something else. The word of God is not yet final authority over that person's life. You can't be a heels of God that way. To be matured. The word of God must be the final authority. Can I hear your amen? Lastly, start living for others. Number four, if you have done all these things, it's still for yourself. But the fourth one, the rule, the, the yardstick of maturity is in when you start living for others. When the bond of selfishness is broken in your life. That is full maturity, selfless life, When you will step, step out of your comfort zone to impact others, to put smiles on other people's faces, to share your life with others. Praise God. Galatians 6, 1 to 10, because Jesus Christ, according to Acts chapter 10, verse 38, he went about doing good, healing all those that were oppressed. He was living for others. That's the pattern, son. That's the pattern he came to show us. He should now live for others. 1 to 10, quickly. It's self-explanatory. We'll read it, then we are out the door. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, you that are spiritual, what should you do to the person? Restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, Why? Considering thyself lest thou also be tempted. Today you might be the one seeing the light that somebody is wrong. But it might be your turn tomorrow when you are struck with a temporal blindness that you don't see that you are the one that is wrong. Do you know what? With the same measure you used to correct others, the same measure will be used to correct you. Are you harsh and judgmental? It will come unto you in a harsh way and judgmental way as well. The Bible says with the spirit of meekness. What do you do? You restore that. You don't say it doesn't concern you. Many people like that. Oh, it's not my business. No. With meekness, restore the person. Verse 2. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Many Christians don't like this. Let every man bear his burden. That's what we like. Bear one another. It's not my business. Verse 3. Let's go on quickly. For if a man think himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. It's deception. It's deception. You can't claim to be a Christian and you are not following this. It's deception. Verse 4. Let's do it quickly. But let every man prove his own work, and, let, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. Go on quickly. For every man shall bear his own burden. Let him that is taught in the world communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. Go on. Be ye not deceived. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, so he shall also reap. Verse 8 For he that soweth to his own flesh shall reap of his flesh corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Yeah. And let us not be weary in well doing. For if, for in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. Verse 10, as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto how many men? All men. It covers everybody. You have no excuse. There's no excuse for bad behavior. No excuse. Do good to how many people? All men. Those who do good to you, those who do bad to you, keep on doing good to all men. He says, especially unto those who are of the household of uh, faith. Salah. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Are you ready to take a life journey of maturity? If you are, rise up on your feet like a champion. Thank you, Jesus hope you've been blessed this awesome afternoon. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Amen. I want you to lift up your hands to heaven and just draw grace from God today. You have heard the word of God. It is a challenge to you to live the life God wants you to live. It's a life of manifestation of the sons of God. He wants you to manifest his grace. the watching world but what we've learned today is that we need to grow we need to grow into maturity ask god for grace to grow no matter where you are spiritually speaking now there's still room for you on the top ask god humbly ask god with the whole of your heart to give you grace to grow these principles that we have learned that we'll be able to put them into practice to study the word to have a plan for the word of God a reading plan meditation plan declaration plan a meditation plan that will have a plan for the word of God we will also be a people of prayer that we will pray because the word of God wants us to pray the anointing and grace to pray to come upon us in the name of Jesus not only this, but that we will learn how to put the principles of God's word into action. That we will be doers of the word. We will let the word of God take priority over our lives in every junction. And lastly, that our lives will make sure it is what God says it is. In the name of Jesus, that we will begin to help others. We will commit to help other people, open other people. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Are you praying? Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Thank you for that. Hallelujah. What a Savior. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're a friend. Hallelujah. Forever. Oh, we thank you for the cross. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for the cross. In the mighty name of Jesus, are there one or two people here? You are really hungry, you are really thirsty for God rather you want god to put a fresh hunger in you a fresh thirst in you you know you can live this life even more than what is happening right now and you convert to move your life to a new season that you just want to live for him you want to really grow to maturity let me see your hands up by showing off the hands that i really want to press in I want to go further. God bless you. God bless those hands. I just want you to talk to God again. Ask God to anoint you afresh for this journey, for this decision you are taking. And I just want to go further. I want to go deeper. Thank you, Lord. The atmosphere of the spirit is here. Thank you, Father. Oh, he's here. Come on, present, people of God. Present. Present. Receive all he has. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Receive it in the name of Jesus. It's a new day. Hunger, thirst for him. Thank you, Father. Lord, we love you. We love you, Jesus. We love you Lord Jesus.. I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice that has requested for you in a deeper way. Lord, I'm asking you to touch these lives let their lives be full of a thirst and hunger for you take their lives to new seasons and new heights let them begin to pursue you like never before in the name of jesus let there be a new day a new visitation of god in a brand new way in these lives let them never remain the same in jesus mighty name we have prayed I prophesy over your life today that this week, God will make waves for you. There will be a way for you even where there seems to be no way. Things that you have been believing in for I'm trusting the God of the universe, the God of the heavens to open His heaven's treasure for you this week in the name of Jesus. May you receive good news concerning the projects you are handling right now. May you receive good news concerning things you are believing God for. In this month of manifestation, I speak over your life. May the God of creation show up for you in the name of Jesus. In every junction, in every facet of life, in every place in your life right now that you need him more than ever. May he show up for you. In the name of Jesus, may he show up for your children. In the name of Jesus, may he show up for your household. In the name of Jesus, may he show up for your business. In the name of Jesus, may he show up for your finances. Oh, God will give you a testimony this week. God will make a way for you this week god will turn that situation around in your favor in the name of jesus oh they took a decision before that it is not your turn but today by the power of god's spirit i turn it around in your favor i said it is your turn it is your moment it is your hour it is your time in the name of jesus may it be fast forward for you In the name of Jesus, may that delay be cut short now. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Father. We give you the glory and praise. In the name of Jesus Christ, we are praying. Come on, put those winning hands together for Jesus.